<laughs> Welcome to the geek to geek podcast. I'm Beej, and Void is once again missing, but this time I have Austin with me. Yay! Say hi, Austin. Hey, everybody. Hi, Austin. Hi. Oh, I hate you so much. No, uh, the, uh, no uh, while Void is out, I have been uh, tasked with putting together different uh, podcasts with different people. And I figure since Austin came through with the uh, new Dragon Quest Austin blog for the uh, geek to geek uh, website, that it would be a good time to really, A, talk about Dragon Quest, because we have apparently never done a full episode on it, and B, you know, talk to him. He's my buddy, and we get... Uh, because he is a crazy person and is uh, on top of being an RPG gamer like the rest of us is playing all the Dragon Quest games this year like all of them and he's not doing it in order but he has set himself a task of playing all of them and blogging about it so uh, so Austin say hi to everybody tell us who you are why you're awesome yeah so, um, so I'm Austin uh, I think you guys have probably heard uh, BJ mention me a time or two um, and like he said I'm writing a blog. It's Austin's Dragon Quest Quest, uh, and it's just, yeah, me going crazy and uh, playing a bunch of Dragon Quest games. And I'm like five games deep into it now, and it's not even February. So, um, and you started so I, this in November, right? Like right when uh, uh, your birthday, and you got eleven. That's what started uh, this. Yeah, you got me eleven for my birthday, and like I loved it, but I didn't actually beat it until like I want to say January, maybe. Um, it may have been the end of December, and yeah. I just decided, like, hey, 2019, I'm going to, like, play every one of them. So it actually just started, like, in January. Um, I went ahead and, and blew through the Erdrick trilogy, which is the first three in the series, and uh, and now I'm playing seven. I skipped ahead a little bit, and I'm playing seven on the 3DS. Okay. So I've played 11 now, and I've played the first Dragon Quest Heroes game, all of it, and then... Uh, gotten about halfway into Dragon Quest Heroes 2. So plan on finishing that one up as well. And this is really crazy for me because I've known you for years and in the entire time that we've known each other, geeked out about different kind of video games, everything, Dragon Quest has never come up except mm -hmm. for you mentioned Dragon Quest Heroes. <laughs> like mm -hmm. that was that was what you liked. Like that was it. And now all of a sudden, like you went all in on this. Like you went all in on like you usually do with a Final <laughs> Fantasy game or an MMO or Final Fantasy fourteen specifically. It's yep. uh like so what was it about uh, Dragon Quest XI that made you made you love it? Because I know I've mentioned on the podcast that Dragon Quest or uh, Final Fantasy IX is your favorite game of all time, or at yeah. least was until this, because you said this may have actually beaten it, yeah. which I don't understand how that's possible as much as you love nine. I, I think nine is still my favorite because nine nine has been my favorite, not just RPG but just game period ever since it came out, which I think was like 2000, 2001. Somewhere around there, yeah. So, you know, it's been almost, it's been my favorite game for like 20 years, pretty much. Um, so it's like hard to like knock that off the like first place pedestal there. Um, but DQ11 is pretty close. Um, like I'm already like thinking about replaying it, even though I've just beat it like a month ago. And you didn't just beat it, you platinum trophied it platinum on the PS4. Yeah. And, then, and then there's actually some content like the Wheel of Harma and some other things that you can do that don't even count toward a platinum trophy that's just extra that I totally just went ahead and did because I didn't want to like stop playing it yet. <laughs> so I like did everything. I, got, I just started walking around eventually and just like ex looking at pretty like scenery in the game. And there was nothing left for me to do. So I finally just moved on. But 
Did you collect yeah, a lot of screenshots from it while you were doing that? Were you the kind of person uh, who just stood on top of things and took uh, Vista pictures of it? I, I took some. Like uh, I did that a lot with Nino Cooney too, as well. Um, but yeah, with this one, I took a lot. And then you know, like the PS4 takes it every time you get a trophy and stuff. So there's a lot of movies. I actually had to because I'm running out of memory on my PS4. I actually had to delete some photos. Oh. PS4, not of not of Dragon Quest Eleven, but just of like other things because uh i wanted to take pretty pictures <laughs> um, so yeah so uh but yeah so dragon quest 11 is definitely one of my favorite games and i guess it was one of those things that like dragon quest i really liked the idea of but never gotten into right talk about this a bit on the blog that it was just like you know i, I had a super nintendo but it was like right we didn't get it until right around the time the playstation came out and so we quickly oh. playstation when i was growing up my brother and i did so we didn't have a lot of games for super nintendo the game boy color i used basically just for pokemon like because we didn't have like a ton of money growing up so like my parents the video game money we got like it was like pokemon 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 you know <laughs> color and uh so you know i just didn't uh, ever get into it very much and then when i saw dragon quest heroes i had to get it and play it loved it and then when I started seeing footage of Eleven, I was like, "Yeah, I gotta play this game." And then I expected to like it, but I didn't expect to just love it so much that I wanted to play every other Dragon Quest game that's ever been made. So, yeah, it was one of those things where I didn't expect you to love this game nearly as much as you did because I asked you what you wanted for your birthday, and I remember texting you, and you're just like, "Here's the list of games that I gave my wife, and uh, so you know, this is just the stuff I want." And Dragon Quest Eleven was on there, and it really wasn't any different than the others. Why I chose it, I was just like, "He plays more RPGs than anything, so I'm going to go ahead and get him this to dive in." And apparently, it was <laughs> it was like the perfect gift that anyone has ever given because I think this has brought you more joy than your three children at some well, point. Maybe not quite that much <laughs> joy, but I have enjoyed it a whole, whole lot. And I actually, I think I told you this one time, like my greatest regret is not pre-ordering this like collector's <laughs> edition because it's, greatest it, was regret. Only, it was only 150 bucks, which for a Square Enix, like, like collector's set, I mean, 150 bucks is like very inexpensive. You know, like I think I paid like two fifty for the Heavensward like Final Fantasy fourteen one. That was oh. really just garbage. I mean, I didn't like it very much at all. I this forgot came... about that. I forgot yeah. that you had paid the extravagant for the uh, like Midgard Stormer statue. Was it? Yeah, yeah, and it had. I mean, I basically did it for the art book. Let's be honest. That's why I buy like all of the lavish collector sets. It's because of the art books. Uh, yeah. Like the, I've got the Kingdom Hearts three when pre ordered. It's totally for the art book. Like. And that one's not too bad. That one's like 80 bucks, I think. But um, but yeah, so I really wish I'd done that. But I didn't because it was one of those things that I hadn't played a main, uh, like part of the main series before. And so I wasn't sure how much I would like it. And it's like, it's one thing to spend $150 on a collector's edition of something you know you're going to love. Yep. But I didn't want to get stuck with like just a bunch of stuff that didn't mean anything to me. And now I really want it. They're sold out of it, and they're like $300 or more on eBay. So I'm just kind of like, just a, to like longingly look on eBay. <laughs> I'm assuming that they're like, even more expensive on Amazon, aren't they? Because eBay is usually where you can find slightly more affordable stuff like that. Yeah, probably. I'm sure. I haven't, I don't know if I've even looked on Amazon, but they're, they're usually more expensive, I feel like, on there. 
Yeah, and I uh, remember it, it coming out, and I remember people talking about it, and I saw so many people saying it wasn't worth the $150 for it because it was an art book, and I think there may have been a cloth map or something with it of, of, of Erdrea, and I think that's how you say it, and Erdrea, and Erdrea. it's... Uh, but people were like, oh, this isn't nearly as good as Square Enix usually does. And so people didn't buy it uh, a lot beforehand, and now it's skyrocketed because of how good the game was. Yeah, and I think it, I think it came with, I think it was the, the U.S. edition. One of the one of the ones I looked at, I think it came with like a plush, like Spirit of Lost Time, the little ghosty dudes. Yeah. I love those little ghosty guys. Like, that was one of my favorite parts. Of, I, I know I texted you, and I was like, I want to find out who, what these ghost things are. And like, I mean, you really don't find out for like the longest time in that game. Like, so what, eighty hours or something, isn't it? That you yeah, it took actually, you to find out. It's actually in the post game. Really, is like so after you beat all of the main game, um, because Dragon Quest Eleven has a ton of just post game content. Like you, you play through the main game, the credits roll, and then you don't even get like most Dragon Quest games have an ultimate key. Uh, which is like a key you can run around and like unlock everything. Um, Where there are like treasure chests hidden in like these little cages around the yeah, world yeah. or in little uh, cisterns and things like that. Yeah, they open like gates usually and like treasure chests, different things like that in these games. And so you don't even get that till the post game. You don't even get like there's characters, like bad guys. There's so much story in the post game. It's, I think, honestly, the, I think they put it into the post game because uh, they were trying to make it more like accessible. I think for especially like a Western audience, because it's such a long game to begin with, that after you sink like 60, 70 hours into beating the main quest, and then you watch the credits, and you're expecting to maybe run around, do a side quest, do something silly, and then you figure out there's another like 20 to 30 hours of content in there. I mean, I can, like I know my my brother-in-law, he totally, he didn't play anything past the post-credits. He said it got too grindy for him. Uh. Which I didn't have that problem because, uh, like, I, I just kept like running around, wandering into. If I saw something that looked cool, like I just started going off to it. So I gained a lot of levels just by exploring and running around and kind of goofing off. That's kind of where I am with the game. Just I haven't beat it yet, but that's where I am running through. It's like, oh, that place looks neat, and I run over there and see a cool looking enemy. So then I want to kill it a few times. It's, yeah, uh, and then like three hours pass by, and you gain like five levels, yeah, and, and it's like, like oh, where was I going? I, I didn't. I need to go all the way over here and have to find a horse. Yeah, it's yeah, yeah. It's uh, I and I get really distracted, especially on like like tropical locations and stuff. Like if there's ever a beach in a pretty ocean <laughs> game, like I just start wandering around the beach. Okay, so I'm, for like, everybody who doesn't know you, I want to point out that I have never met a human being who loves the ocean and the beach and boats as much as this man that, that I cannot stress to you that, that how I've been trying to get him to move back to Alabama or Tennessee for years now because he lives in, uh, in Florida and he's within walking distance of the beach and I cannot pry him away from it. Like it's uh, he left his family to live on the beach no, it's uh, but but for real, he loves the beach more than anybody. So it does not surprise me that when you uh, do that, that these are your favorite areas. You play games just because of that setting sometimes. Sometimes, yeah, yeah, sometimes. Um, and so, but Dragon Quest Eleven had—I don't know how far you've gotten into it, but it's got some really pretty tropical things. Um, I don't know if you got to. Have, did you get to the Strand? I think I did. I'm about thirty hours into it, if I remember right. 
Uh, it's right after you get the ship. There's a place called the Strand that your ship kind of. I'm sure I did because I've got the ship and I'm in Nautica is where I stopped. So okay, yeah, then you've definitely been there. Anyway, the Strand was like just so beautiful. I, I'm trying not to be too spoilery, right? Because I don't like doing spoilers on the blog either because I want people to buy the game because this, it's totally selfish reasons. But he, here's the, the one of the reasons I'm writing the blog. And everything is I want people to go out and buy this game because, number one, is I want so many people to buy it that they finally bring Dragon Quest X to the U.S. Okay, before... I can, can only play Dragon Quest X in Japan. Right. So it's and like... It's an online one. It's like Final Fantasy fourteen or Final Fantasy eleven, where it is online only and it is not in the United States at all. It's not in English anywhere. Right, right. So it's, it's, it's an MMO. You have to have... Like I've been reading on forums about how to play it in the U.S. and it's like if you don't know Japanese, you know you have to get like a, a Japanese VPN and like do all this fancy stuff on the computer that I kind of like skim over because I'm like I kind of know what they're talking about. Um, but you have anyway, to get a Japanese PSN account. You have to have yeah. a Japanese uh, credit card or at least a prepaid card to be able to put on there that, that has a uh-huh. yeah. Like just, it's a it's a lot to do from the United States. Yeah, so so I'm hoping people will read this, think that Dragon Quest XI sounds so cool that they have to buy it, and then and then Square Enix will be like, hey, awesome, so many people are buying this game just because of me. It's very, like, <laughs> it's, like, totally unrealistic. But, but I want them to, like, you know, be like, oh, cool, you know, maybe we can get this. Because they have talked about bringing 10, mm-hmm. not as an MMO, but, like, a just an offline version of it. Because there's uh, a story, yeah. right? Like it's going through almost like the fantasy star online uh, games where it's like, there's a full story that you can do with a party. It's just, you do it with people in the uh, online version. Right. Yeah. So there's, and there's, I want to say like four, maybe like, um, like DLC type expansions. I, I'm not really sure. I haven't, I haven't read up totally into 10 because I know the more I'm going to read about it, the more I'm going to want to play it. And I'm already really sad that like it's uh, like a Japanese only game, so like I try not to read about it too much because I don't want to just bum myself out. Um, so that's one of the reasons um, that I totally wanted to uh, to write this. And then, it, as you know already, and if anybody's read the blog, they know I love like getting when I like something, I want to get like toys and art books and just like everything that has everything. to be everything. Um, so, and you know, so far like I've, I've met some different people online who've offered to get me like there's a dragon quest anime that i didn't even know existed and so um like somebody offered to get me a bootleg version of the dragon quest anime i think it's from 1990 oh, it was wow. like and dubbed in english um so it's, it's not any kind of official thing at all and uh so i've had somebody offer to do that for me i've gotten uh you know somebody is sending me a shirt a dragon quest shirt um, which would be pretty cool. So if you're listening to this and you want to send me some free stuff, um, that would be totally cool. <laughs> I'm not going to cry about it. I, like, There's a lot of cool Dragon Quest stuff out there I'm finding out, and uh, I don't have nearly enough of it yet, so I just like want it all. And so, 
I mean, that's the thing. It's like uh, Jennifer has also, made, by the way, made fun of me because of getting free stuff from uh, blogging and things like that over the years. Like one time, I've gotten I've gotten cool stuff uh, before, but the one that really she doesn't understand is all of a sudden I got a package of Neutrogena skincare stuff for men <laughs> in the uh, mail that I don't know where it came from, but it was addressed to me, and uh, it was all my sensitive skin stuff that I have to use. She's like you and your blog, man, just stuff shows up. And uh, it's like, yeah, sometimes it does. But uh, it's like Eleven has actually sold way better than any other Dragon Quest in the United States, right? Because they're the reason they never brought Ten over here is because the United States has traditionally been kind of hard for the Dragon Quest games to to enter into the market. Like, they don't do great. Yeah, yeah. Like, um, like Dragon Quest Eleven is the first year sales for Dragon Quest Eleven, I think, have been more than seven, eight, and nine combined, I want to say. Holy I'm moly. Not, I'm not, like, super great at math, but I know I know seven, eight, and nine was all in, like, the hundreds of thousands, uh, those first year sales. Yeah. And then uh, Dragon Quest Eleven, you know, I think it's, I think it's four million internationally. Um, is actually, I think I told you national, but I looked into yeah. it as nationally. Oh, okay. So I'm not sure if that counts Japan or not. Like, cause usually like when it's box office, you know, it's like domestic and then international, they're separate. Yeah. So I'm not sure if, the, if that 4 million is worldwide when they say internationally or not. Or, or if, if it includes Japan, Japan or then the rest of the world. I don't know. I would assume probably everything but Japan, because I know most Dragon Quest games sell like a lot in Japan. I mean, yeah. that's like. They're big. Um, I think it's their biggest RPG. Yeah. Um, like even even now, I mean, it definitely once was, and I think it still is. Um, I think it is from from everything I've seen. I know there are others coming up. I know Data Error on your blog had said uh, when we were talking about the Tales games and stuff like that usually uh, show up around number three. But the the Shin Megami Tensei games have come up, uh, and the Persona games as well from Atlas are really building up steam there. So, but I think Dragon Quest is still the uh, by far the most popular of them. Uh, and I think I think Eleven is probably like if you've never played a Dragon Quest game, I think Eleven is probably the best one to start at because why? It, okay, tell uh, everybody yeah. why because I think I've I may have mentioned this before I'm not sure but um it, it is it is by far of the ones that I've played and experienced the best starting point. So why yeah, do you think they they've well beyond the obvious reason that it's the newest one, so they've kind of like worked out the kinks of previous versions to so like make this one. I mean there is that. But like, I just feel like, um, I feel like the characters uh, are are much better in this one of all the ones I've played, um, and and I know a lot of the characters from ones I haven't played as well because of playing the Dragon Quest Heroes games that bring in the characters from the mainline series, and so um, like I think the characters are really really good. Like I know uh, I I text you about there's a character named Philando that <laughs> I just, I love. Like he's I'm not sure where he's supposed to be from because his accent kind of sounds German at first, but then it's kind of like Spanish, and then it's kind of French part of the time. And it's kind of Italian occasionally. It's like the way he, he flourishes and says things is like, you told me that I wouldn't like Silvando, and I totally I, do. Like, okay, I love awesome. Silvando. Because that was one of those characters that I could see you just, like, riding off really quickly and being annoyed with. But, you know, he, like, everything he said just would, like, make me laugh. And I don't usually... 
I kind of smile sometimes at video games, but I don't ever just like bust out laughing. And there are definitely times in 11 where I would just bust out laughing at something he said or did. And uh, like my wife, Grace, watched me play a lot of it and stuff. And even like he would, we would both just be laughing, you know, at stuff that he did. Um, and so he was definitely my favorite character. But all the characters, um, I think, are pretty, even the ones that are more like archetypal, I think, are still very uh, well-rounded. Like I know... From the like, I know early on I texted you about I didn't like the healer very much because she yeah. just didn't really have a personality, and definitely by the end of it, like I mean she was one of my favorite characters by the end of it. Like uh, some of, and that's the thing about it is it's such some of the game is such a slow burn, like but there's huge payoffs if you just stick with it kind of thing, and um, so so the characters are really good in the series. I feel like the combat is really good um, in this one. It's turn based, which is awesome because. I've really been missing those turn-based like RPGs. And it's not just turn... I mean, it's not... When you say turn-based, you mean turn-based. This is traditional RPG stuff. Like, this is going back to its roots, RPG combat, really, where it's not... Uh, it's not like Final Fantasy with the ATB or anything at all. It's just, nope, here are turns. Everyone takes their turn yeah. in order, like, like based on their stats. And, and there's really good AI so that you can... like. Pretty much the whole game, I had mine the tactics, which is like where you can change things to fight wisely, which is just the AI controls all the other characters except the hero. And if there ever came a time, especially in the post game, where I had to grind levels, I would just put it on fight wisely for all the characters, including the hero, and just kind of run around, let it auto battle, gain levels up. And I mean, the AI is really, really good in the game. Like, especially, I was impressed by the healing is always the AI that kind of gets you in these games. Donald uh, like I, Duck. No, that's the one I was gonna. It's the one everybody mentioned. <laughs> it's like Kingdom Hearts, like Donald Duck. Just he's not gonna heal you. Like it doesn't matter. You could have like one HP left, and he's gonna like throw fireball at like a heartless. He's not gonna heal you. And not, he will drink the potion himself. And and that was one thing I got really mad about when I was playing. I think it was Dragon Quest Two. I texted you about it. Is that. Like, two of my three party members, their health is in yellow, which means, you know, they're, they don't have much health left. And the healer, instead of casting heal on those two people, she used the last of her MP to cast Dazzle, which is a move that has a chance, it's not even guaranteed, it has a chance of making the enemies miss you sometimes when they attack. Like, like I mean, anyway, that was some pretty bad AI as well, but... Um, but the AI in Dragon Quest XI, was, I thought, was, overall, was really, really good. It um, there really def- is. There were definitely some boss fights, especially in like toward the very end of the game and in the post-game, that I would switch over the tactics to follow orders, which means you control all of them yourself, and where I would have to be kind of nitpicky. And then there's things like the Wheel of Harma, which is your you have to, to, in order to win prizes, and some of the prizes you have to get for like the Platinum Trophy that I was going for, so you have to you have to beat it in so many rounds. So like the fight wisely doesn't always work there because you might not want to waste a round healing because you just really need to like kill these things as quickly as possible to get your prizes. And so, um, so you know that one was really good. But but uh, DQ eleven, you know they have it's it's a typical Dragon Quest game. They have the mini medals, which I love collecting things. So like finding mini medals in the Dragon Quest games is one of my favorite things to do. Like breaking the pots, looking on the bookcases and stuff and finding mini medals. 
I always get so excited when I get a mini metal too. And the thing <laughs> is, they don't do a lot, especially at first. Like you can get some really cool things for them as you as you get them, but it's like the first couple of times you get them, it's like I can't do anything with this. But then like you get six or seven of them in, it's like I found another mini metal. And yeah. and it's just you get really excited. I get really excited about them. Yeah, I, I totally do too. And even like I have yet to play a Dragon Quest game where I exchange mini medals for an item that I really need. Like usually I'm at a point in the story where like the weapon or whatever I get isn't like as good as the stuff I have yep. now. So so it's not even like that I collect them <laughs> because I need them. It's just like I like having them. And in 11, you, you get stamps for like everyone you find. And so you want to try to get to 100 stamps. And there's there's more than 100 in the game. You can even, late in the game, you can even steal them from certain enemies and stuff oh, like that. Cool. So, um so yeah, like I, I just stole mini medals from in, like the last ten, I think, to just like farm mini medals to get the trophy or whatever for it. Um, so, actually, you get a trophy for the page three. This was like page four or five. So like I was beyond trophy territory. I was just doing it for the heck of it. You were just um, doing it. You were just collecting because you like the game so much. And it has that. It has a casino, which most of the uh, Dragon Quest games do have a casino or some kind of like gambling. Uh, mini game is like a big part of of them, and the casino in this one I thought was really fun. I usually don't play that kind of stuff. Yep, um, I get really bored with it. Like the gold saucer in Final Fantasy VII, like I just avoid like the plague. Mm -hmm. It's like, such a like money pit in my opinion. Like I just don't like it. There's other stuff I'd rather be doing in these games, and this one like I actually had fun playing. Like the the roulette was really fun. Mm. I, got, I got a jackpot on the roulette, so I got like 1.5 million gold. It's totally just in the game. But like my wife was like playing it with me because she, because she likes like the slot machines and stuff to play those in games. Oh, okay, just playing it, and I hit the jackpot, and we're both like, yeah, <laughs> dance around the living room, and it's I totally can... like, doesn't matter at all that we hit this jackpot in this game, but we were treating it like it was real money. We we're like, yes, I can totally see you. I can totally see her more than that, just getting up and being super excited about that. Um, like so, and this one has two casinos in it, doesn't it? If I'm yeah. Yeah, most most of them have multiple um, multiple casinos or like gambling pits, whatever um, that's in the game. Most of like two Dragon Quest One doesn't have anything like that, um, or at least I played the iOS version. The iOS version doesn't have anything like that. Um, Dragon Quest Two, the iOS version of Two did, and Three did. I'm playing Seven right now, and Seven has uh, I think I I reached the second casino maybe okay. earlier today. Anyway, they usually have different ones, and so. Personally, I liked the first casino better that you go to in 11, um, just because I thought my odds were a little bit better of winning. It seemed yeah. like I won more often there. But the second casino has like roulette and has a few other things in addition to the slot machines and poker and stuff. So um, so I really liked uh, the casino. So it has a lot of the stuff that Dragon Quest games have, but uh, you know it looks really pretty. Like my thing with, uh, with turn-based combat was that um, like other games, like I talked about on the blog, Octopath Traveler, which I was excited for, and then as you know, I was like really disappointed in that game. Yeah, it like I, I think a lot of turn-based combat games that have come out now, they're like kind of the nostalgia-heavy, like sprite, pixelated graphics. They're made to look like something you might play on like the Super Nintendo or like an early PlayStation game kind of thing. And uh, so this one is like that, but it looks really pretty, which is what I I like pretty things. So. 
So this, yeah, I have tried to get you to play some uh, pixel art games and uh, 2D games. And you're like, nope, going too hard for nostalgia. Not going to play it. Don't care if it's good. And, and uh, I can play games like you know, like like the like older Final Fantasy games, older Dragon Quest games. I can play if they're originally like like that. If that's you know? the game, right? But and something about Octopath too. They had like a weird blurry thing on their sprites that just even even you could turn off the shadowing and stuff on it in the setting, and it would just it would give me such a headache. Like, I don't know if I'm just getting old now or yeah. like what the deal is, but I mean, I felt old. I was like, oh my gosh, a video game's giving me a headache. Like, yeah, I, I was the I, same I, way with the blur around the edge of the screen. It just did not work for me. I, I wanted to like it, and the combat was fun, uh, but I think it was uh, Lyle I was talking to in a private message on Slack today. We were talking about Octopath and why I didn't get into it, and it was like... Uh, Four hours later, I figured out I can't still can't figure out what this rat's weakness is, so I'm just picking away at it, and it's a random battle. It's like that kind of thing wasn't fun for me, but this one takes those kinds of that kind of nostalgia and with the old battles, but everything about it just still feels fresh. That's the weird part. It's very traditional, but it it's streamlined. And, and you can even you can even run around in the battle like there's a fixed circle, and you can run around as if it were an action RPG, which I don't understand. I still and don't I, understand why you can. I don't either. Early in the game, I would try to like run around behind enemies to see if I would avoid their like AOE attacks and stuff. You don't. And, like no, like you still get hit. There's like no reason for it really. I guess it's just to try to appeal to like modern gamers who want an action RPG. It kind of tricks them into thinking it's one. I don't know. Because it looks when you start out a battle, it looks like a Nino Kuni two battle where all of a sudden there's some enemies here. You've got a circle, a radius that you can go around. And uh, then it's like, okay, I'm moving around, but you're still turn-based. Everything is the, the, the positioning does not matter at all. And you can even turn it to the old classic look too, where the camera does everything uh, like it always has in Dragon Quest. So, and and it is it get it's really hard to get used to like like I think I, I text you just because we text all the time but I think <laughs> I text you early on at like then too was that it felt so weird because I started playing it like Nino Kuni too right like I started running around and trying to avoid these attacks and it didn't do anything and when you just have one character con- to control it's weird like you're mm-hmm. like why is this turn based combat like this is really strange but it it picks up very early on in the game I think as soon as you get that second party member yeah i think really the turn-based combat feels more like that classic you know rpg feel and stuff and uh the like people complain about the music in 11 like that's the most common complaint i think i've seen online and i've seen this and i've never i don't understand them complaining about it but but i see that dragon quest music is always an issue no matter what no matter what platform it is, I always see someone complaining about the music because either it's not orchestral enough or it's too orchestral or it's too repetitive or they had too many songs this time. Why don't you get back to the to the, the main themes we like? And mm-hmm. it's like, I don't actually know what they're complaining about the music in this one because I've only seen headlines, rolled my eyes, and moved on to a different video or headline. Like, I did not read any like details about it. The complaint that I've seen, I guess, is that it's not... It's not orchestral, so people complained about it. They wanted that, and it wasn't like... I mean, I played it without knowing that that was a thing, and it did not bother me. Maybe my ears just aren't refined enough. I don't know. I just... It didn't bother me at all. Like, I played through it. It was the Dragon Quest music that I was used to from playing Dragon Quest Heroes, and now that I've played a lot of the other ones. Like, you know, it's music that I I know, 
and you know recognize and yeah it hasn't really changed very much but i'm cool with that and people the other complaint is you know people complain about the characters looking the same because mm-hmm. they use the same illustrator in all of these which is awesome akira toriyama is awesome and he is personally involved in the design of every creature and model in these games like he 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 has a, at least a say in them if not uh, doing it himself and uh he's people, awesome people yeah, people love him and like the Dragon Ball stuff, but they don't want him in video games, I guess. And it just doesn't make sense to me because I'm like, if you take away that look from Dragon Quest and that music, like it's not going to feel like Dragon Quest. No, and that's the thing. I mean, to skip down into uh, one of the things that I was going to talk about, uh, DQ8 was the first one I ever played. And uh, I'd never touched any of them. Well, I take that back. I did play the original Dragon Warrior when they changed the name of it here in mm-hmm. the United States. When I was a little kid, they made it sold so poorly that the that Nintendo Power gave out copies of Dragon Warrior if you subscribe to Nintendo Power. So my friend Luke got that with his subscription to Nintendo Power, and we sat and played the original Dragon Warrior that way and uh, played it as much as we could. I, I don't have any idea if we ever beat it or not, but I played it then, and then I started playing 8 when I was, uh, like, last year. And the reason I started playing it is because my friend Bobby, uh, uh, 13th Story on Twitter, posted a picture of one of the of his 3DS with one of the enemies on it, and I thought it looked so cool that I had to play this game. Like, I went out and bought it. I asked him if the game was good. He said he loved it, but it was about an 80 hour, 60 to 80 hour game. And I just went out, I, I went to GameStop in Lawrenceburg and uh, bought it because that was the closest physical copy I could get. And it's awesome. And it was because of the Akira Toriyama art that I saw one of the uh, like saber tooth tigers. I honestly can't remember their names, um, but one of the tiger creatures. I was like, mm-hmm. that guy looks so awesome. I have to play this game. And it was just immediate love for it. And then I see Dragon Quest Eleven, and it's the same kind of art. It's like they took the 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 art direction from Eight and then made it as pretty as they could make it in uh, in Eleven. So I don't I don't get why people complain about the art style because that is the big draw for it to it for me. Definitely, I even so Dragon Quest Eleven, the physical copy of it for the PS4, you can reverse it where it has like the classic looking artwork that they have it's kind of like cartoony and hand drawn you know yeah because the ps4 went here definitely like they tried to make it appeal more to like the u.s and stuff like that so it looks different i totally just reverse mine to like make it look more like the classic you know cartoony looking uh, like drawing thing and, and they do look really cool uh in the original japanese ones the way they do the uh the the manga style on everything is because i bought dragon quest 9 in japanese and i have it sitting over there just because it's pretty on my shelf like i look at it, it's like that art is pretty with all the uh, all the characters on there the way they are and and the artwork for when they brought it to the u.s like dragon warrior and dragon warrior 2 oh. like it's so funny now you know they like it doesn't look anything like the art style that Dragon Quest has, the covers. It didn't like, even look like the art style of the games then. It I know, no, it looks just so silly. Um, and, and I get it. I mean, they're trying to appeal to like the Ultima, like D&D, uh-huh. you know, by looking, making the artwork look more like that. But it's just like, I don't know. I just thought, I think it's really funny uh, to look at because I'm a big fan of the more anime-looking artwork. Yep. Some games, I think it works. Some games, I 
some games, you know, I like it to look more realistic. But overall, I like the anime-looking stuff. And they did and, a really good job in Eleven specifically of making it look really cartoony but it, and stylized, but it never looks like it's over the top. It really does, it really looks cohesive throughout the entire thing where nothing seems absurd to look that way in the world. And right. it's hard to do because it's gorgeous. Like, this game is is beautiful. Yeah, where it's like, it's not quite... It's definitely not realistic, but it's not like Nino Kuni, which is very much like a Studio Ghibli-looking mm-hmm. kind of uh, art style. Like it doesn't look quite like that, but it doesn't feel like you're playing a cartoon. But yeah. it feels like there, there's kind of like a silly, cartoonish-looking world out there. Okay, and, so you moved from Eleven immediately, and it ties a little bit. Uh, not not to spoil anything for anybody, but there is a little bit of a connection between Dragon Quest XI and uh, the Dragon Quest one to 3 uh, So right. it, uh, you went from eleven immediately into one to 3 Like you, I mean, you didn't give yourself like any time, any breathing room between here. I think you may have like platinum Spyro the Dragon and then started playing uh, Dragon Quest one on your phone. And you did that entire trilogy on, uh, on iOS, right? Yes. So, so I wanted to play the the rest of them, and it just it was it was really just serendipity. I looked on the iOS store for them, and they had a sale where all of the Dragon Quest games were on sale until like the next day. And so I was like, <laughs> "Oh, I got it now!" So I bought all of the first three because I knew I wanted to at least play the first three on iOS. And and it was a really good deal. Like I think I got them all for like under twelve dollars. I want to say. I mean, it was like very, like the first one was like a buck ninety nine. The second one was like a buck ninety nine, and then I think the third one I had to pay six, six or seven dollars for. I mean, anyway, it was like very inexpensive to like buy them all. And from what you've told me, that is uh, about the way that they should be priced as well. That, um, yeah, I mean, one one was really good. I really like one. I mean, it's definitely a, you know a mid eighties RP JRPG. And, I think you know, it, it was the very first JRPG. Actually, I think that it that, was. So, yeah, that's what I've heard. Um, I haven't like spent any research on it, but that's what I've heard too. And it, I mean, it's fantastic. I really liked it. It it's really good on iOS. Like, I think I would recommend. I haven't played it on any other system, but I would really recommend it because it is kind of grindy because it's an it's an early JRPG like that, and it's really easy to just you can. You know, kill some enemies here and there while you're doing other stuff. And like, like for me, you know, like I have, I have three kids, and two of them are like little, little baby twins. And so there's a lot of like bottle feeding and like rocking and stuff going on. So it's one of those things where I could like hold them with one hand and just have you can play all one handed. So I just had the other hand like playing this while I'm rocking them in the dark. And you know, they're and they're falling asleep, and I'm just you know killing enemies on Dragon Quest. Uh, and it's but it's very short. Like I beat the game, I want to say in like eight hours, right oh. under ten hours. I want to oh, say wow. the stats on my iPhone said it was under seven hours, and I think and like I don't see how that's possible because I I know how much time I spent like because there are some times that I spent like an hour just wandering around places and I was too stubborn to look at a fact or anything, and and I've actually I've written about Dragon Quest the first one and it'll be up on the blog probably the day before this airs so um so people might have already read this but anyway it's very short um and i think it works well on ios so like you know for two three dollars for this game like it's well worth it 
It's really fun. You're, there's one protagonist. It's not like Final Fantasy or anything where you have like three or four party members. You start with just one, and you know there's random enemy encounters. You have to grind levels. You go around. It's still it's still kind of silly. Like uh, like I and I write about this on the blog too. My favorite thing was there's this you rescue a princess about halfway through it, and you get this item so you can communicate with her. Because the way the earlier games work is if you want to know how many level, how many, how much experience you need to gain a level, you go to the king in a, in a castle. Oh, and that's okay. The game. It's not cathedral like it is in later games. It's the kings. And you go to a king. He tells you how much experience you have left to go up in a level, and you can save your game. And so that's how you ha- that's how you find this out. It's not like you pull up a menu and can just see like how many how much experience you have to go. And so right. as you saving this princess, she just starts fawning over you. And it's like terrible dialogue, like it's middle English. It's written in like middle English, but it's like really cheesy stuff. And it's just really funny because it's like it's like, "Ooh, ah, my hero, I yearn for you." And then it's like, "Oh, by the way, you have like 500 experience left before you get your next level. K love you bye." And then that's just like the like items you use, and so I don't know. I just thought it was funny. That <laughs> she, there's like all this. There's like a lovelorn princess that just like tells you how much experience you need before you can like go home to her. That's and that's wonderful. So uh, so I really like that one. DQ two was a struggle. Uh, <laughs> it I got very frustrated with it in several places, and and I should back up for a minute and say I realized that these games are way easier on iOS. Like, I, I, I'm very much aware of that fact. So it's hard to complain too much about it, but still, Dragon Quest II, and it's not that it's a bad game. It's it's a good game overall. It's that the the last, like, the final bosses, really, they're just, it's kind of RNG-based on, like, what attacks they're going to use. And, like, I, I just had some really bad luck with getting hit with, like, some terrible attacks in a row that just like wiped my party members or one party member. There's a prince I know we were talking about. It's the hero. He, he's a prince, and then he meets up with another prince and a princess, and they're the three main party members in the second one. And the prince just, I mean, stayed dead so much. Um, there's even a part in the game, and this might be a spoiler, but this game is like 32 years old, so I don't feel bad like talking about it right now. Yeah. But um, th- th- you go to a town, and you rest in the inn just like any other inn, and you wake up the next morning, and the prince is just like, oh, I'm too weak to move. And you have to go and get an Yggdrasil leaf, which is like, which revives your mm-hmm. character dead. It's the phoenix down from, uh, from Final Fantasy, oh, right? And in the early games, you can only hold one at a time, and they're not common. So you have to like make this whole journey to like get this Yggdrasil leaf, and then you have to journey back to the prince and use it on him to... like. And then he just hops up. He's like, wow, I feel better. And anyway, it's just, it was a really weird moment in the game. There's a part where you have to find sunken treasure. Oh, man, this sunken treasure, y'all. I got so many. I was lying on the couch. I can't remember <laughs> what I was doing, but I was on my couch, and I just start getting these like rage texts about, 
I may have been playing Pokemon, actually, and I get these rage texts about not being able to find this sunken treasure and that he was supposed to be able to find this sunken treasure. He's looked up how to find the sunken treasure, but there is no sunken treasure. And then I look up all of these things on the internet and send links to him about this. Like, I've looked at that. I did what it said. There's no sunken treasure. <laughs> and it's just it's just wonderful that, that even we're 17 hours away, roughly, and from those messages alone, I knew how angry he was and I knew what his face looked like because we've all nerd raged that hard <laughs> on one part of a game before and i'll never forget the sunken treasure in dq2 and well and one of the things too is that a lot of the the names of the characters of, and especially the places have changed for the ios version right so it's really hard to just like google some of this stuff because it was really honestly it was hard to find like ios like info for the on these games and like with two it was really hard because like i would have to try to like cross reference whatever the city was called you know in like the original japanese version versus the like super nintendo version versus the game boy color to the that's what i was gonna ask is uh are the ios versions ports of a specific console version that they had done because there they've there've been a few in the united states but they've never traditionally done well I, I think they're the closest to like the the Game Boy Color versions, um, but they they still change stuff. Like even Dragon Quest Seven, which came out on the PS One, like uh, like names of characters have changed and like locations have changed and stuff. Even from the like US version of Dragon Quest Seven, huh. you know, just to the 3DS version, and it re- I mean it can really make it hard if you're stuck and trying to like Google you know the information for this thing. And so with the Sunken Treasure, it was like I was watching old versions from like the Super Nintendo or whatever. <laughs> and, you know, the graphics, everything looks completely different. But I was just trying to guess the area. I was reading stuff online and I was like, it can't be this hard. And then there's even there's an NPC you have to talk to that like mentions the Sunken Treasure and you have to say like yes or no to him and all that. And that's supposed to get it to appear. And I did it like 50 times. And then I still don't know what I did to make the treasure. <laughs> it's just a sparkly spot in the ocean. And like, I, and I went over, I know for a fact I went over that same spot like so many times. I mean, I spent like three hours probably just going around fighting enemies and like driving my boat around in circles. And just trying to find the sparkly spot. Going back, talking to the NPC to try to make it activate or whatever. And I still, I still have no clue what I did to make it happen. But just one of the times, finally, I went out there. And there was that sparkly spot, and I got my sunken treasure. And so, so and that's that was a two. That's two. That was a frustrating part. And then the final, final boss in two is just like, oh my gosh! Like the bosses leading up to that one in the final dungeon were like, I had no trouble with. And then I get to this final, final boss, and I was like, it took me fourteen tries. Um, <laughs> I, was, I was like too determined to. I was too determined to just sit around and grind too much longer because. Two wasn't my favorite. It wasn't a bad game, but it just it wasn't my favorite. I was eager to get to three because I'd heard that one was really good. And three is very similar to two. It's like they took two and worked out a lot of the kinks right. and made three um, and added like more story and stuff to it. But both two, it was just like just such a hard time. And the the final boss, his name is like Malroth, I believe is his name. And really, like, I would, I would get really far in the boss fight with him. I don't know. Maybe I'm just bad at video games. I don't know. But I, got, I would get really far into the fight with him where I was like, yes, I got this. 
And then he would use like fire breath back to back and just totally like destroy my whole party. And uh, so it wasn't, but when I finally got it, I mean, I felt like I had earned something. Like, I mean, I felt really good about beating Dragon Quest 2 when I finally got there. Yeah. Uh, and, and, I, and I did go back and I did go back and grind levels from the first time I ever got there. Um, I went up, I, I want to say like eight or nine levels. Like, I mean, I just sat around and just like grinded up levels for the longest time, just killing enemies. And just, you know, walking around, wasting time, killing it stuff, and then went back to it. I, I knew the layout of, like, the final dungeon very, very well by the end. <laughs> I made, like, several attempts in to try to fight the boss. And then finally, I just, I did a quick save. And, uh, like, right there before I go to talk to the guy. And, you know, went over, talked to him. And, uh, anyway, it was it was tough, but I was very thankful to go on to three which uh, I, I liked a lot better than two but it is they are very similar and again it's not that two was a bad game um it's just that it was between one two and three two i think is definitely the weaker of the erdrick trilogy of, of those three and three pulled some stuff on you too like you uh i remember you messaging me about three being a lot shorter than you thought it was and it turned out that that was not the end of the game and, uh, like, this is years before Final Fantasy VI. I mean, Dragon Quest III was released so that, if, I re- if I'm remembering right, that uh, Dra- Dragon Quest III was released, uh, Square Squaresoft got really freaked out that it did so well and kind of rushed Final Fantasy III out, which is why it's a, a steaming pile of garbage. And uh, apparently Dragon Quest III is good. Dragon Quest, yeah, Dragon Quest III actually came out just I think about six months after the first Final Fantasy. Oh, okay. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I want to say I want to say the first Final Fantasy was like 1987, and Dragon Quest Three came out like early 1988. Okay. Then yeah, I'm I'm wrong. So so okay. so the Dragon yeah the three Dragon Quest games preceded the three Final Fantasy games by quite a few years. Um, but yeah, but three three was a lot better. It had a cool job system. Uh, you, you, you're basically one hero and you go to this place and you can hire out mercenaries and they're different classes. Um, so you can kind of pick and choose. Uh, okay. There's like a thief, there's like a priest, um, you know, that heals your party. There's a mage, uh, there's a warrior, which is kind of like a tanking, you know, hard hitting class. And there's merchant. There's some just kind of, uh, different classes thrown in there. Which is um, really revolutionary. I mean, this is, I think, the first job system in an RPG as well. Like, yeah. they, they kind of, of revolutionized that, of being able to be a merchant in an RPG and, and have a combat class like that. Uh, and, and, and that's one of my favorite things from Dragon Quest III, is there's a, in a lot of Dragon Quest games, there's, town, there's a town that usually, like, you have to find people in the overworld to go and join that town, or, like, you do something with and you visit it over a period of time. And like the town gets bigger and bigger, and you can get like better items or mm-hmm. a reward from it. And eleven has that too. Um, I want to say that eleven's is in the post game. It's toward the end of the game if it's not in the very post game. But anyway, eleven has that too. But in three, uh, what you do is you you have to go get a merchant uh, from the clan hall or whatever, bring it to this town, and leave. and you can just make a level one merchant. You don't have to like do anything special special with them, and you drop them off. And you visit them at different progression throughout the story. And basically what happens is the merchant starts this town with this other guy for you. And then the town kind of prospers. The merchant gets super cocky, declares himself basically a king, and has like 
like a gambling hall and all this other stuff, then the people you visit another time and like the people are starting a rebellion and they're like planning to like overthrow him and all this stuff. You go back the next time and he's like in jail. Wow. And then finally toward the end, he's like, he's like, Oh, I think I've seen the error of my ways. I'll like join you again if you want me to. And he goes back to the clan hall and you can use him again if you need to. Wow. But I never That's really, awesome. I never played with merchant very much. It just, uh, I use priest for the heels. I use the warrior uh, for the attacks. And then, uh, I used, um, mostly a mage for the rest of it. I beat the game with the mage in my party. Um, so that was the other one I used. You've played the first three Final Fantasy games as well, right? Uh, yes. How do they compare back and forth? Because I actually don't like Final Fantasy 2 and 3 very much. Uh, yeah, 3 I, I, I absolutely hated, but yeah. uh, I've never played, like I said, DQ1 when I was a kid, but I've never really played them, so I don't know how they compare to each other, given that they're around that same era of, of RPG within these, these series. Um, I think the biggest thing is probably like the style. Uh, you know, the, the first three, three, three Final Fantasies, I think they're all orphans, right? In all, I know in 2 and 3 they're orphans. I think in 1... And when it may never say, and when it may I don't think they do. I think you're the heroes of light in one, yeah. and it's just like, so, hey, do this crystal stuff. So, yeah, it's basically you're four, you're these four, you know, heroes of light, and you do crystal stuff in each of them. <laughs> and so, and, and whereas Dragon Quest is very much you're a hero, you're a chosen one, you're like a descendant of a hero, and you have to go and sit out on a quest to like kill a dragon lord kind of thing. And so, so the story, so. The, the play style, I think, is different, but also, um, like, even earlier on, I think there were things that you see in, like, Final Fantasy games, like, an evil empire and things like that. Like, I feel like Final Fantasy was, like, really heavily influenced by, like, Star Wars and stuff right. like that, like an evil empire and all this stuff, and a lot of, even in, like, starting with 2, you know, there's that evil empire that, like, killed your family and all that stuff, um, I can't even remember, what is it, like Palamecia or something like that, I think is the name of the Empire. I don't even remember in that one. It's been yeah, so it's, long since I touched 2. Yeah, it's been a long time. I, the last time I played it, it was, I, I bought the Origins version on PS1 um, yeah. and tried and played it on PS1, which was, a, I thought, a better version of it, but it still just wasn't really the game for me. And so, um, so there is that. I think Dragon, the first three Dragon Quests are more manageable. And maybe it's because, it's like, in the first one, you just have to worry about one person. So you can find things, like, you find, like, seeds of, like, agility and seeds of strength, yeah. which, like, it's your stats. And you don't have to worry about splitting it up between a party. You just boost your main character. It's yeah. kind of like a Zelda game where you just have to worry about Link. Like, any items that you get, they're all for Link. And Dragon Quest is, is kind of like that. The first one, you just, you have to worry about one character, that kind of thing. And, um, like... To a certain degree, I want to say Dragon Quest is is simpler. Like, there's not, especially com like later Final Fantasy games. Oh gosh, you know, it gets very complicated. But just talking about strictly the first three in each series, um, I think, I mean, really, the first Dragon Quest reminded me a lot more of like the like first few Zelda games than it did oh. the Final Fantasy games. Even, I mean, there were like random enemy encounters and things like that, but. I think maybe the world it seemed more whimsical and kind of Zelda games seem more whimsical to me than Final Fantasy games. Yeah, I can um, see that. And uh, like Dragon Quest is definitely one of those series that it, it's silly; it doesn't take itself too seriously. And 
Like, you know, there's lots of, the enemies are always, ha- uh, most of them are pun-based <laughs> names, which I know you love puns. Oh, I love them. The, the names of the enemies in Dragon Quest are, are by far one of my favorite things they do. And so I kind of, the first one doesn't really have a lot, like it's got the enemies that you're used to um, and that you see throughout the rest of the series, but the, but none of them really have like pun right. names. Um, but starting with two and then three, you know, there's some really good ones. Um, I saw one in, I want to say seven, maybe is the first time. I call it. it's, it's a Meowgician. It's, it's a cat magician. That no, those thought, are in 11. I saw Meowgicians in the early part of 11. Okay, cool. So, um, but I mean, I'm talking about in terms of like when it made it, its first appearance. Like seven is the earliest. Oh, okay. And I haven't played four, five, and six yet because that's a trilogy as well. So I'll probably play that one after seven. But um, anyway, uh, so, and, and the only reason I'm playing seven is because it's very. It's different from the other Dragon Quest. It's very, it's more like episodic almost. And it's pretty and, standalone compared to, I mean, they're all standalone. Right, But right. They, they are kind of divided into these trilogies and, and eras and kinds of games. And it's the most, uh, nine and seven are really the different ones. Like they, they kind of stray from the more traditional path that the other games play with. Yeah, and I'm, I'm eager to see how seven ties, if it, if it ties into any of the others at all. Um, and I kind of think it will, because e- even though they're standalone, like they usually tie in somehow to each other, which is kind of different from Final Fantasy. Right. Um, but, uh, but yeah, so seven, it's you collect fragments. You put the fragments in the pillars, and, mm-hmm. you make, and it creates this island that you go back in the past and visit. And so it's, kinda, it's episodic in that way, that you collect fragments, you place them in, you visit this place, then you go back to the present, visit it in the present because now it's appeared in your world and then you collect more fragments. So it's like, it's really repetitive and it's why I don't like seven very much, which I think we're going to get into in a minute. But, um, but I'm playing it because kingdom hearts three comes out on Tuesday and I know I'm going to play a lot of kingdom hearts three. And so this is something that I can play on my two DS, um, at the same time, but I don't have to be as focused on because it doesn't have, it doesn't seem to have much of a story right now. I'm like 16 hours in. I mean, oh, I'm, I'm pretty far into it. Um, You're further right. than I am into it. I never like, had to. Uh, I never got a chance to go back to it. I deleted it to make room for Ultra Pokemon Ultra Sun whenever I I had it. But I'm going to go back. It's just it's kind of a intimidating one because it, it is the longest of them. Like everybody so, says, Seven's the longest of the DQ games. It's the longest of them, and part of the reason that's part of the reason why I don't like it, and part of the reason why it's so long is because it's very it moves very slowly. Like the first the first two hours, you don't even battle; you're just mm-hmm. running around. You're having to talk to people, and you're having to like backtrack a lot. And the the, the rest of the game, I mean, there's fighting in the game, but the rest of the game is very much like that. You you backtrack all the time. You have to visit a place in the past, and you have to visit it in the present. And there's just a lot of unnecessary like backtracking and just you backtrack for like 10 minutes to get to a location to have like 30 second cut scene with a character. And you have to backtrack all the way back, which is unnecessary walking. Yep. And in the, in the present, there's not really very many enemies. So it's not like there's that to break up the monotony of just running around. Yeah. It's a fairly empty world, especially at the beginning. So it's just, I have a feeling seven is going to be my least favorite of them. Um, which is, which is, was kind of surprising because it, it feels a lot like Wind Waker. And it came out, I think Wind Waker mm. came out in 2000, right? 2002, right? actually. 2002? Okay, I so saw this... somebody posting about it on Twitter. Okay, yesterday. so 
so Dragon Quest Seven came out in 2000 okay. in Japan. Uh, and I think it was 2001 before it reached the States. And it was still Dragon Warrior. I think it was the last one to be called Dragon Warrior. I think so. And so I think it's going to be my least favorite because it, it feels like Wind Waker, though. I'm surprised mm-hmm. it is favorite because i love wind waker and you know as we talked about i love boats and you're on a boat and you're sailing around the islands and stuff like that so i thought i would love it and i I do applaud them for trying to like like mix it up a bit with the with the gameplay and different things like that but it just it doesn't feel like a dragon quest game to me and it's not as fun as wind waker And, and it is it's very slow and it's very repetitive and i don't really i don't especially love the characters right now yeah, uh, I do have, especially the three you start off with, aren't very fun. Um, there is, I, I do have, there's another character, on the 3DS version, he's called Ruff. I think he was called something else in the PS1 version. But he's a little wolf that gets turned into a little boy. Yay! I look and forward to getting that. You've probably seen him in Dragon Quest Heroes 2. Did you get that far? I got to where you can do the online dungeons. I don't remember if I saw him or not. I don't think he was quite there yet anyway in in with voice acting in dragon quest heroes 2 dragon heroes 2 he was kind of like annoying i thought i was like oh my gosh who is this like really obnoxious kid but i actually love him in in seven right now like when he makes his original appearance right actually really he's fun he's goofy he um he rides on a wolf and he uses wolves to attack and stuff like he'll call wolves and they'll like run across the screen and stuff Similar to uh, Shadow in Final Fantasy VI. Yep, that sounds but, awesome. And I think, I think with Seven too, is it kind of had like the deck stacked against it anyway because it came out in two thousand, but the original PS One version looks very dated. And you know? it was at the end of the PS One life cycle there, where it hit uh, at the kind of the same way that Final Fantasy Nine did, where it's very good. The graphics are excellent for what they are what they could do but it came out at the wrong time and well, Dra- Dragon Quest 7 though didn't wasn't 3D was it not no the, i mean i, I mean I, I never played it on the PS1 but the screenshots i've seen uh, from like looking at stuff and you can you can look this up if you want to really quick to make sure i'm not wrong i saw it looked more like sprite based oh it looks more like it, Final Fantasy 6 it does overworld yeah where oh, it was hey. and it came out in 2000 you know, so I mean, it was like, so it almost looks like Wild Arms, uh, looking at it just on the overworld and everything. Yeah, it looks completely different than the DS one. Yeah, and, and especially considering like where Final Fantasy, because Final Fantasy Nine came out in, like two thousand. So you're looking at other big like JRPG series at that time. They were already three D. You know, Ocarina of yeah. Time um, would have been out around that time, right? Uh, so they- it came out in, like ninety seven. Yeah, it was like so, 90. Yeah, so I mean, that's what I'm saying. Like Final Fantasy, Zelda, like all these other big titles that are kind of similar yeah. were like, uh, you know, looked way more technologically advanced. And then you had DQ7 that kind of still looked like a Super Nintendo game. Yeah, maybe <laughs> what they were going for at that point. Yeah, so. that, that, that's true. But I think, well, so I think that's why, I think it's probably, I think, I haven't like, I don't just sit around and read like old Dragon Quest reviews. But I think seven might be kind of like the the, the weak sheep of the family. Yeah, from like kind of some things I've read because I know I haven't enjoyed it very much. So I was kind of like looking mm-hmm. into, 
and it seemed like upon its initial release, at least, like it didn't get just a ton of love compared to some of them. So, like, I see looking down a little bit to move forward a little bit and kind of wrap up the uh, the main part here on Dragon Quest. Like, I see some DQ trinkets that you've got. Like, I know you mentioned uh, that there's a shirt coming, that mm-hmm. uh, that you're getting a, a cool new shirt. But I see that, and you told me about the uh, Dragon Quest Nine strategy guide you bought, because you love art books. And because you can't get the $300 11 art book, That's you right. bought a $6 strategy guide for the art? Yeah, I... Uh... I buy up a lot of strategy guides, especially for older games, because they're typically inexpensive. Um, and Dr- Dragon Quest ones have been like that, too. And it's not even that I use them. It's just that I like the extra artwork in them. And uh, so especially if I buy a game used and stuff like that, and a lot of games now it makes me sad because they don't come with manuals and stuff inside of them. Cause I, and I like that kind of yeah. stuff. So, um, so yeah, I found the Dragon Quest Nine strategy guide for $6. I didn't even have... I have the game now for the DS, but I, I didn't even have the game at the time. And I was just like, $6, you know, this is going to be cool. Yeah. I haven't really flipped through it too much because I don't want, like, spoilers or anything. Oh, yeah. In there. Um, but I have that. And then my goal, because I played the first three on iOS, I like having things to hold. Like, I want the, uh, I want the original versions of them at least yep. to just, like, sit on my shelf and stare at sometimes. And so, uh, and they're not too bad expensive. And so I recently got the Super, uh, the Super Famicom version of uh, DQ3, yeah. uh, which looks really cool. The artwork and stuff on it like looks really cool. Did you get and, the box and stuff with that, or is it yeah, just the card? I got, no, I got the one that comes with the box and the manual. Like, I want, awesome. like, the complete sets of that. Like, I'll like I spend the extra money for the complete set, because that's what I want. And it's um, crazy that you can get the Japanese versions of those way cheaper than you can get some of the American releases because they were uh, released in such limited quantities mm-hmm. that uh, it, it's I know that four five and six on uh, just to get the DS versions of them in the US looks insane. Mm-hmm. Like the prices are nuts. And I don't know if part of that is it's limited. And I think, too, maybe they're more expensive because people can play them. Mm. You no, know, like it's I mean, it's a lot harder to play the, the Japanese version of them and a lot of the Japanese versions are a lot older than the than the American ones. And so I think it's uh so I think maybe that's why it's expensive because yeah. I know I'm looking for the DS versions of like the uh of four, five and six. It's like they they cost more money than a lot of the other ones do because they they didn't make as many and people can still play them. And right. they they don't make any they're not making any more but you can still play them. They're still pretty easy play because of the 3ds and stuff and speaking of that i just want to warn everybody out there if you go on ebay looking for uh ds games not 3ds games but regular ds games that there is a rampant amount of reproduction out there where people are bootlegging ds games that they're making counterfeit cartridges and flashing roms to them and and trying to pass them off as as real carts so if i found this out with pokemon specifically that uh, if you see them significantly cheaper than you do anywhere else like from like heart gold and soul silver were like 60 dollars a piece if you can find them for like 10 dollars for the card only they're not real and so be careful about that i mean they're playable but they can mess up your ds's so uh, you you weigh the options sometimes you have no problem with them so they're just not the official ones uh, but if you guys go looking for any of this stuff for the regular ds be aware that's out there 
So uh-huh. we should probably move on into the uh, the next parts of it. So do you have anything like you're going to be blogging about this? You're going to be regularly blogging weekly um, uh-huh. about this on the uh, the geek to geek site at uh, we didn't say earlier, but it is at geek to geek media dot com slash Dragon Quest Austin. And uh, that's where your blog is going to live. There are links on the main page, everything. So uh, but like what can people expect out of that? What What are you going to be doing about this? Are you going to just rehash the podcast over and over again? Um, so, so right now there are, I think three or four posts up about Dragon Quest 11, cause I'm kind of just going in order of me playing it. And it's really just kind of like almost a, like an online memoir of just me playing Dragon Quest and being obsessed with it. Um, and so, you know, I, I, I try, I try to be like as candid with it as possible. And, um, so, and yeah, I don't want to spoil it for people cause I, I do think people should play the series. I think it's a series that doesn't have a ton of a, I mean, I think there's a following, but I think it's closer to like a cult following. Yeah, uh, you know, it's definitely not like just this big, you know, franchise here in the states right now. I think it's getting bigger. Um, I think it's definitely gotten bigger in the last like few years. But oh yeah, uh, for sure. You know, I really want I want people to play it, but really, I mean, it's just me talking about you know different things that I've run into, and um, and like I said, the first post about Dragon Quest One w- will be up by the time people are listening to this, um, so that's about where we are. So, so the posts are a little bit uh, behind to where I am in the series because I've been just playing through it so quickly and uh, you know doing the post weekly and stuff. So, um, but you know, it's just me talking about Dragon Quest and different things that uh, you know that have stressed me out about <laughs> it, that I found funny about it, or that I had. Uh, you know, just really enjoyed about it or didn't like so much, uh, kind of stuff. Like I know this, the latest post that, that was the last one I did about 11 was just about the post game, but it was also about just a few complaints I had. And honestly, to me, the complaints that I had for that game were very small, very minor, especially when you consider how long of a game it was and how big of a game, like all the different things that were in that game. Like the fact that I, I could only really find just like three or four tiny things to complain about. Yeah, and and I I, I will say I am still waiting for that like great villain. Um, and I think I might have mentioned this um, mm-hmm. in a blog post, but I haven't just like dived into it very much. Is that um, like right now in all the Dragon Quest games I've played, including Dragon Quest Heroes, it's kind of like the bad guy is just somebody. You usually don't even see them for uh, for a long time, and they're just kind of a name, and then. You run into them, you beat them in order to beat the game, and they're like they're very flat. They're kind of boring. Like they're just they're just kind of a boss to beat to beat the game. And I'm kind of disappointed in that, I guess overall. But that's really the only the only thing in this series that just like I have like been kind of disappointed with is that they're like I, I wish there were one of the, and I haven't played eight yet. I'm putting off eight because that's the one that everybody like loves so much. Right. Which was my intro into the series, so I played eight first and moved on from there and loved the rest of them. But eleven is definitely a successor to eight, so you kind of had the same reaction to it that I did eight because eleven didn't exist in English yet. And, and that's why I'm waiting to play eight last because eleven and eight are supposed to be like the two like best ones. So I want to. So I start with eleven. I want to end with eight because I don't want to. I don't want to play eight and then have to like force myself to play some of the ones in the series that that yeah. maybe aren't as good, you know. 
And so I want to like have the like great one waiting for me at the end of the line. So I'm kind of waiting to play that one. And so there, there are some that I haven't played. And I would say if any of them have a good villain, it's eight. Mm. Uh, you've played it. I don't. Uh-huh. You can, I it's mean, not bad. Like that was one where it's not nearly. It's not a a a faceless villain like it is in uh, maybe some of the earlier ones like this. Just a cardboard villain. Like it's it's still this kind of epic evil villain kind of thing. But it's uh, there's more to it. It's no Kefka or uh, anything like that from Six, where there's a a person behind it. Still a great evil, but and and that's one of the things I love about Nine so much is I, th- I feel like Nine has like the best bad guy, you know? Because he Final Fantasy he, Nine. Oh, sorry, sorry. What did I say? Just nine. Just nine. Okay, yeah. Sorry, Final Fantasy Nine. Uh, yeah, there's too many series, which is like <laughs> to keep track of. Yeah. So Final Fantasy Nine, Kuja, I feel like is just like the best villain in any game. He's superhuman. He like you know he's he's pure evil. Don't get me wrong. I mean he's super evil, but like he also he has hopes and fears and all this other stuff, and he's very well rounded. And you know I mean he's still like you know, gets into long, like, rants and stuff, just like any villain does, where he, like, monologues for, like, way too long. But, um, but you know, I really like... And, he, you know, he even is kind of, I guess, a good guy by the very end of Nine. And that's, um, that's kind of how I felt about Arden in uh, Final Fantasy Fifteen. was uh, he... I, I, I really liked him because he felt more like a, a human than a lot of the others did. You liked, you liked Final I Fantasy fifteen way more than I did. Like I, I love the story it. in nine way more than the gameplay. In the, nine, six. yeah, in fifteen, in fifteen, I liked the 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 gameplay in Final Fantasy fifteen better than I liked the gameplay in fifteen. Yeah, uh, I, I love the story. And the story for me, which I think by the time you played the story, I think they had updated stuff from the time I played. Like I know they updated items in like a dungeon, and yeah. that's my biggest complaint with fifteen is like. We only played it like six months apart from each other, and the experience you had with fifteen completely different from mine. Like you, you saw different stuff. There was like totally different things happening yeah, in they fifteen did. than they, the one I, than the one I played. And it's just, I don't know, it's crazy. But and I liked fifteen fine. It was just, I think that's why Dragon Quest has been so good right now for me, is because I loved Final Fantasy for so long, and then super disappointed in all of the thirteen series. 13 to lightning returns i didn't even beat lightning returns i got like not very far into it and i just couldn't keep playing it kind of thing and you know i liked 14 but that was an mmo wasn't just and it consistently gets gets better over time i mean they they've made lots of improvements to 14 and then 15 15 was fine but it just didn't feel like a final fantasy game to me i wasn't a fan of the weird magic system that they had where like it was like grenades instead of real magic and that's kind of one thing in, in the Dragon Quest games that throughout, all of the spells are the same from the ones that I've played. That Dragon doesn't, yeah, it doesn't change much. I know it gets a lot of flack for that, but I, mean, I, but I really, I, I appreciate that. I mean, really, I know that you know, people criticize it for not being innovative enough or not changing enough throughout the years. But, um, but it's one of those things that, you know, Honestly, I wish Final Fantasy would like stick more to its formula than what it's like become in the last 10, 12 years. Yeah. I love 12. 12 was the last Final Fantasy game that I just super duper loved. Um, and I remember but, you texting me that it's coming out on Switch soon and they, that that if I don't play it, you're going to uh, destroy me or something like that or murder yeah, me. Because I keep telling you how awesome 12 is and you're like, oh, I got to play it. And then you never play it. And <laughs> Your original excuse was that it looked ugly on your TV when you 
put it in the PS2. It did. And I get it. It was like 2011, 13, something. Anyway, I get it. It probably did look ugly. It was real ugly. Big TV on a PS2. But, you know, they have it for PS4 now. And the Zodiac Age, I think is what it's yeah. called. PS4 version, the one that's coming to the Switch. Those are great. Um, I, like, I think it's better than the, what was the the PS2 yeah. version. Oh, yeah. I've heard uh, great things about it. It was really good. Now they're, it's coming to the Switch, so you can play it even handheld, which I know is important to you. Yep. Uh, so there's no excuse not to play it. Which is and, actually, you know, the handheld stuff, about that'll be great for 12. I mean, I'll be able to get way more into it. Uh, that's also one of the things that I'm, I'm liking about all the Dragon Quest games, is that none of them are on a console console. That every single one of them right now you can take with you in some way. That whether it's on the DS, the 3DS, uh, and soon, well, soon, not every one of them, soon there will be a Dragon Quest Eleven on the Switch, which uh, they said is coming, which I'm it's, expecting it to be the Japanese 3DS version uh, poured so, into it. I, I don't think so. It's uh, They've already announced that it's releasing in Japan this year. Oh, really? It's this year yeah. that they're doing it? Okay. Yeah. So, so, you know, I, I remember you and I talking about it a while back. I told you I figured it would come to the States, like, holiday yeah. 2019 or 2020 and you know it's probably i guess it will be at least 2020 now because they've announced 2019 and i don't i don't think it was a screenshot like an actual screenshot of dragon quest 11 on right. the switch but it was definitely the ps4 version was what like all the those oh, okay. like, were showing in the articles that i've read about it um and they only announced this like fairly recently that it was okay. coming uh to Japan. so I think eleven. It was about a six month delay, wasn't it? It was not terribly long. It wasn't. Yeah, I want to say it was definitely less than a year um, from Japan to U.S. for the PS4 version. So I assume it's that way for the Switch. And another reason why I think it's probably the PS4 version is because I think I read somewhere where the 3DS version of the game is kind of still up in the air if that's even coming. Yeah, I want to Safe. play it because it looks so cool. It looks just like the original, like, three Dragon Quest yep, games. Like, even the little shrines and, like, the, the little icons and stuff they use look just like it. It looks so cool. I know, and I want to play it because of that. Because of how different it is from the uh, the 3D version that you go around in uh, the main game. And, and I think that's really cool. I love the PS4 version. I love how pretty it looks and everything. So I don't think I would like the 3DS one better. Right. But, um, you know, I love that they made just, like, two different versions. Me too. Of the game and everything that they... They made a more classic-looking version on the 3DS, you know, at the same time. I think that's a pretty pretty so, cool thing about it. So I wanted to wait on the Switch. You know, to, to wrap up, I wanted to wait on the Switch version initially. And uh, after hearing you talk about how great it was and after hearing uh, some other people and reading reviews, I decided to grab it on Steam. Uh, I got it on the PC to give it the two-hour tryout, and then I was like, I like it on Steam. I don't want to redo this stuff, so I kept it, like like has happened to me with Nino Kuni as well. And um, I I don't think people should wait on the Switch version at this point. I, I usually say to wait on it, but this one, you can already get Dragon Quest XI discounted a lot. You can get Dragon Quest XI, I know, for about 30 bucks on Amazon at various times. There are sales on Green Man Gaming and Steam and uh, uh, Humble Bundle where you can get the PC version for around $35 a lot of the time. And if you are, are not wanting to pay $60 on a game where you are 
or taking a chance really on uh, not knowing whether or not you'll like the uh, the traditional JRPG aspect of it. The PC version of Dragon Quest XI is great, and you can get it for eh, $30, $35, which I think is a perfectly reasonable uh, buy-in into the series to see if you would like it. Um, mm-hmm. It's just because I th- I love it. Like I don't love it like you do apparently, <laughs> um, but uh, but it is like I do love the series. Like I'm absolutely going through, going to finish up eleven, uh, play through seven. I have it on for 3ds, and uh, I'm still trying to decide if I want to try powering through nine in Japanese or actually play the English version when you're done with it. <laughs> uh, but uh, but yeah, so. So yeah, thank you for talking about Dragon Quest. I mean, I cannot absolutely cannot wait to read your blogs as they come out and see uh, what you think about the rest of the games. Like, I'm really, I, I, I cannot stress enough to for people how fun it is for me to get these texts that are either like, "This is so cool," or "I hate this game. Why am I doing this to myself?" Like, like the two levels of text I get from you. So, mm-hmm. so those are always fun. And, and, and um, some of and some of the stuff on the blog is really just me just typing up. <laughs> I've sent you. Yep. But some of the texts I think are, and because I, I am trying to be just you know as candid as possible with about these games. Yeah, I, so, I think that really captures the moment. A lot of times those texts because yeah. it's whatever feeling in the moment. Like right then, where you 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 you've been playing on iOS, so you'll switch out of it and uh, do it. Um, so. Um, to move on, uh, this week I think we're gonna gonna forego the weekly geekery since we've uh, talked more than we usually do on here, and uh, I think Austin's actually going to join me again next week because he uh, Void is still out. He is still doing his stuff that uh, you'll probably find out about when he's back. I just don't want to speak for him. Uh, but uh, Austin is also one of the biggest Kingdom Hearts fans I know, and mm. as of this recording, we are two days out from Kingdom Hearts uh, Kingdom Hearts three release uh this is the 27th that we're recording this and it comes out on the 29th so um that will give us roughly a week to be able to play kingdom hearts 3 uh which i know a lot of you guys are going to be dropping everything to play and those of you who aren't please drop everything and play it because it's going to be awesome um actually i don't know if it's going to be awesome i'm really trepidatious about this i'm hoping against hope really that this is going to be awesome but I'm going to be playing it a lot, and I know Austin is going to be playing it a lot. So since Void is out, we're going to have Austin again, and as we geek out about Kingdom Hearts next week, we will also geek out about all of our geek out stuff. Uh, And then, uh, yeah, so there's that. So where can people find you online uh, if they would want to talk to you about Dragon Quest, give you free stuff, uh, all of that? (laughs) Uh, Yeah, so so the blog there, uh, but also uh, I'm on Twitter a lot. Uh, my Twitter handle is uh, Austin King Books because I originally started it when you and I were writing uh, books. Oh yeah, we wrote a book together. By the way, it's called Nimbus. <laughs> That's right. Uh, so, so the Twitter handle is at Austin King Books. Um, but I hardly ever talk about books. I mostly just talk about <laughs> video games. Uh, but, um, but yeah, so you can talk to me on there because I'm on, I'm on Twitter all the time. Other social media, I'm not really on very often at all. But um, definitely Twitter. I mean, I talk to people all day on there. So. Which, is, which, by the way, just for you guys to know, he used to hate social media so much and make fun of me for being on Twitter all the time. And when I get a message <laughs> from him on Twitter instead of a text, I'm like, I won. Um, but it's yeah. been like six years, though. You need to, you need to let that go. I hold grudges. <laughs> I will not let it go. <laughs> <laughs> I will not. 
Um, so Austin is blogging at uh, geek2geekmedia.com slash dragonquestaustin. Uh, we are also, he's now part of the network, and the other members of the network are Geektitude, which this week uh, Joe is talking with, I believe, Capsule J, one of our streamers on the network now. Um, Tea Time with Katie and Chelsea are talking about something. I have not heard what their new uh, topic is this week. Uh, Capsule J, who is on the Geektitude podcast, streams games on Tuesdays from 8 to 11 Eastern and sometimes on Thursdays and weekends. And then Troidal Power, uh, Troy, uh, streams most weeknights and sometimes after uh, most of the time after dinner. Uh, Nope, I said that wrong. Most weeknights, sometime after dinner. Um, so you can find links to that in the show notes here uh, where you can find everyone. Um, if you have any kind of comments, suggestions, or feedback, our email address is geek2geekcast at gmail.com. Or you can reach us on Twitter as at geek2geekcast. We have longer discussion threads on our subreddit at reddit.com slash r slash geek2geekcast. Uh, you can also join us on Slack and Discord. Uh, the links are discord.geek2geekcast.com and slack.geek2geekcast.com. And uh, just in general, we have moved URLs uh, to to move forward with our website a little bit. And you can find everything housed now at geek2geekmedia.com. Uh, I'm Beej. You can find me at, at Professor Beej on, uh, on Twitter and pretty much everywhere else on social networks. Uh, this has been me and Austin. Say goodbye, Austin. Bye, Austin. I hate it when I do it. <laughs> All right, that'll do it for this week. We will see you next week, geeks. Bye. <laughs>